Hello there, everybody. Welcome back to Predictions and Speculation here on Star Wars Lads. This is for episode seven of Ahsoka, the penultimate episode. We're almost to the finale, which is both exciting and very sad because we've enjoyed talking Ahsoka so much. The show has really lived up to the hype, especially in the last three weeks. And we hope episode seven is the same way. I think we're in for something really cool here. We're going to talk about all the things we think could happen and all the major plot points. Before we do so, make sure you're liking the video. It really helps us out with the algorithm. Help us try to get to about 50 likes on this video. That would really help us out. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. We do predictions and speculation every single week for Ahsoka. We will have one more next week for Episode 8, the finale. Make sure you're staying tuned for that. And then join us live every single Tuesday to talk about the latest episode of Ahsoka immediately after it airs. We take all of your questions your theories, your comments during the show. So if you want to check out our thoughts as well as give your input on Ahsoka, make sure you're checking out those lives every single Tuesday. All right, let's get in to the video here. So episode six just opened the door for everything with Ahsoka. We have been a pretty streamlined plot in the show. We've had the Ahsoka, Sabine, Hera plot, which has mostly all stayed together. We then had the villain plot with Balin, Shin, Morgan looking for Thrawn. Well, here we blow it wide open, and now we have all characters going in all different directions. We have Ahsoka and Hu Yang in the Pergo. We have Thrawn now amassing his forces on the Chimera with Morgan and the grandmothers of the Night Sisters. We also have Balin and Shin now doing their own thing now that they're on Peridia, searching for something that will help them reclaim the past and the Jedi, the battle between the Jedi and the Sith. And we have the final tag of the episode, Sabine and Ezra reuniting for the first time in 10 years. So there's so much to talk about in this video, and we're going to try to streamline it into sections for all of you. Let's start with the big, obviously, character from last episode. Let's talk about Thrawn. So Thrawn is set up to go here with the Chimera. He's got his night troopers with Night Sister inspired armor. The Captain Enoch character is very interesting. The grandmothers seem to be a part of his plot. Sonic, where do you think we go next episode with Thrawn and the Imperial side of the story? And do you think we finally get back to the other, our old galaxy with Thrawn next episode? I feel like we have to end episode seven with, like, oh, he's just about to launch with the ring the eye of scion attached to the chimera maybe even have a few minutes in the episode and we can kind of see the new republic try to probe a little bit before they realize they're just walking further and further into the steps that thrawn is kind of laying out for him and his group to successfully destroy them right so it'll be very fascinating to see but i think you mentioned one word that is pretty specific here and i think that's imperial We've already gotten the Shadow Council in Mando Season 3. We've gotten Pelion, which is incredible. It now seems like Pelion maybe got communiques about Thrawn as opposed to directly from Thrawn and maybe through the Grandmother. So I can definitely see how a character that was using Heir to the Empire as like, oh, God, these Nogri, all these other aliens and all that that were working with and these strange powers, like Sabbath has like no respect for people's minds and all that. We're building off of that same sort of thinking and the rigidity, I guess, that Pelion has as a human Imperial. It'll be very interesting to see how Thrawn, who himself is an alien, continues to bring a little bit more strangeness and 
questions to a lot of the imperial thinking, right? So it'll it'll be very interesting to see if like maybe Thrawn makes connections, tells Pillion, okay, maybe he didn't make it to this new galaxy. Maybe he was on one of those Pergil, but it got dropped off at like the unknown region or wild space. Maybe he's been amassing some forces, doing some architecture, I guess, like some shipyards, some mining, all these things in collaboration with Morgan's factories and whatnot. He has maybe at least a solid like fleet, if not necessarily Star Destroyers. And I can totally see some like very cool things happen based off of what we built off in that episode with the Shadow Cancel, what we've seen in episode three, Amanda season three, but like the Star Destroyers being torn down. Is that something more safe for episode eight? I wouldn't think so because I think you still need to make Thrawn come a little bit better equipped. Right now, he's clearly got groups of people who are very skilled, very talented, hardened by their experiences. I want to say the stuff with Stasis transports that he was having his stormtroopers bring in, or night troopers, I guess they're called in the subtitles. I feel like that's the Imperial more like leaning into, the, not necessarily the cloning, but like the catacombs. Can we bring in some old knight brother, knight sisters? Can we bring in some humanoids? Can we do some like strange magic, Imperial technology, kind of create bodies from old make this lesion as opposed to just the old school thinking of his Sparty clonings. I'm sure like uh, Pelion and his guys have been spying on Gideon and his crew. So maybe he's got some information transmitted through the Night Sisters, the grandmother. So I-, I hope to see some of the more scientific Imperial classicism be blended in with Thrawn's more alien decisions. So it'll be very cool. And I would love for him to be in the galaxy, really starting to connect all those pieces before it all starts blowing up. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a really cool idea to really see the extent next episode of Thrawn's forces, because we see the Chimera, we see the Night Troopers, we see Captain Enoch, but we know from Rebels there were multiple Star Destroyers that were taken to Peridia. We know there were multiple Imperial Admirals and, and Captains and people who are in charge of different vessels all taken out there. So is this all that remains of his army after 10 years? Also, what remains of the Night Sisters, right? Is there just three grandmothers? Are the three grandmothers the only Night Sisters left on Peridia, or are there more? Could we get like a you know a couple Night Sisters pulled from Legends just to plug in here for name drops like a Tamath Kai? Can we get a bunch of different Night Sisters? It would be really cool to see what the extent of these forces are, and I think this last episode. We know Thrawn has a plan. We know we're building up to something. I think episode seven's where you reveal what Thrawn's plan is. They're obviously not going to bring Ahsoka to the new galaxy just for her to show up and then Thrawn to leave immediately. There's going to be some type of conflict here. I think a lot of next episode is building up to that conflict, building up Thrawn's forces. We saw how cool they looked. Now we're going to see them in action. Now we're going to see what they're capable of. Maybe the Eye of Scion takes a long time to like, get the chimera hooked up and that's the majority of the episodes then like Ron like is, is it ready yet <laughs> they're like not yet we're still getting it ready something like that so we see the extent of their power for when they jump off now in episode eight we're like oh like the galaxy is in trouble because we just saw what they did to a bunch of pergil we saw what the pergil did to them in rebels if they're more strong they're stronger than the pergil like 20 pergil how is the galaxy going to cope with that I think that's a really interesting plot point. Now let's talk about the other big reveal, which was Ezra. So Sabine meets up with Ezra after meeting all those 
There's like hermit crab, Meeber Gaskin looking guys who hide in rocks, but wear nice outfits underneath. <laughs> that was a really fun moment in the show. But Ezra is mostly a tag. We don't get much of him. We get some callbacks to some Rebels conversations. We know he was counting on Sabine to find him. We're left with the moment of Ezra saying, I can't wait to get back home. To which Sabine's face is dismayed because obviously she came there with the villains. There's no way the villains are taking them back to the new galaxy. She doesn't know Ahsoka is even alive, let alone coming to get her. So now we're going to have a conflict a bit with Sabine and Ezra, how that is set up and what they decide to do if Ahsoka for some reason doesn't show up till midway or end of this episode, how they decide to try to get back home with this one chance <laughs> at getting back home if the Imperials are leaving, that could be maybe the setup for the future here. So Nick, how do you see the Ezra and Sabine plotline going next episode? Well, I think to really push the story along, if we really want to bring this pace up, the best thing to do is just to have their conversations start off nice, but then... Sabine reveals it. And I think that's also a great opportunity for us to see a little bit more of a different side of Ezra. Because it was, frankly, not a decision I was expecting for them to go with. But 10 years, man, he's he lived more of his life without her than with her at this point. So that obviously has to change. And look, I'm sure he has shown up more positive parts about his personality what he's dealt with and all that to his Gaskin-like crew, right? Because they have the rebel symbol. He is obviously taking the knowledge of a Kanan, a Hera, a Zeb, all these different facets, and obviously created like myths about Sabine and all these people in his little friend's eyes, right? The naughty little alien guys. Like, But I think once Sabine makes that reveal, we'll start seeing a little bit more of like what's going on, the hardships, what he's changed. I think it'd be really interesting if he almost does like a Cobb Vant-like storytelling of his life, of like what's happened 10 years. And then we get that done in reverse as opposed to the book first. And then the appearance, we get the appearance telling like the skeleton of that story and then a book trilogy. I think we can definitely see that reveal that Thrawn and Ezra, at least we're doing some things to the benefit of each other. So it'll be interesting to see those conversations. I expect to see a little bit of a rift to form, but no, be mended up pretty much because the situation demands it. I think Ahsoka's important here too, though, because she's once she comes in, it goes from just being, you know, Imperial versus like Jedi, you know, bad guys, good guys. Now the Night Sister angle of it, does Ahsoka's arrival draw in Sabine and Ezra to directly confront these Night Sisters who are prepping for a lot of the stuff that Thrawn is now actively putting in motion? That trio seems like there's a great opportunity here. I feel like Ahsoka and Ezra, if they even do things together, they'll be like, you're alive, I'm alive. Okay, great. Uh, we got to like figure things out quick, right? And they'll go from there. It'll be interesting to see also Ezra's just natural affinity to the planet and the Force. I want him to be able to like have discovered things. He, I think Thrawn knows how he's been living relatively the areas that he's inhabited, but it would be very interesting to see like his experience with Thrawn and working at some point and then his individual pursuits. If he's found something within the Force or something different about this planet with the Force and all that, you know, of course, an Ahsoka walking into the situation could further exploit it, right? So he's a character with boundless potential. I assume he's going to be playing it a little bit differently this episode than he did last. 
I'm excited nonetheless because I think the dynamics will be rapid fire because <laughs> you still got the whole fact that Thrawn is trying to kill someone that you're unaware is coming to help you, but is also willing to like leave you and kick you into the dirt to escape this galaxy. So no favors being done here. I think Ezra will be pretty aware of that once Sabine reveals things and then we're just racing towards like can we make it back what are we going to do yeah Ezra is so open and such an honest (laughs) very friendly character in Rebels and so seeing that personality here is not surprising I think there are going to be layers to it it's not all been fine and dandy with him living with these creatures and even if he has been living with these creatures for 10 years and not really encountered problems. The idea that he would be mentally as stable for a character we already know has a lot on his mind constantly with his parents, deaths, with his friends and his attachments to his family. And even though we see him grow beyond that at the, in the finale, especially, but really over the last three to four episodes of Rebels when he has to choose not to save Kanan in the world between worlds, this show, I think, is going to at least get into the headspace of what Ezra has been dealing with mentally. Maybe there is a fight between him and Sabine about Sabine's like, hey, I came with the Imperials. We need to sneak on board because there is no way we're getting off the planet without them. And Ezra's like, hey, I don't know. That's I'm kind of done with this fight. Like, I don't want to do that anymore. And there's a bit of an argument there. But Ezra, at the same time, he's going to be inundated by Sabine with all of the things that they accomplished after he disappeared. And one of him as the catalyst, I think maybe if he does have that attitude of like, I'm out, that I, my fight's over, I've been here, I want to go home, but I don't need another war. Maybe Sabine is kind of pushing him and being like, "You look what you did, and it started a chain reaction that ultimately ended with us saving the galaxy don't you want to see lethal at its peak again don't you want to see what your friends have become and what the galaxy has become we need you to help us fight i think there could be a lot of conflict there i'd love to see a flashback to him arriving with thrawn on peridia and the chimera with the pergil and seeing at least like what happened immediately in the days weeks months following that moment but spreading out the time here between what's going on with ezra how do we continue sabine's plot without making her secondary now that Ezra is here and <laughs> focusing on the Imperials and Thrawn and Balin, that's a lot to juggle. So I think a lot of the more quiet moments in this episode have to do with Sabine and Ezra versus the scary moments are coming with Thrawn and maybe more of the adventure moments coming with Balin. But let's talk about Ahsoka as well, the namesake of the show. She's traveling in a pergo with Huyang. They have a couple minutes of a moment at the beginning of the show where they are telling stories about the past telling the history of the galaxy beginning with a long time ago in a galaxy far far away referencing the galaxy the fabled galaxy we get to see with peridia the planet of peridia and now they're coming and thrawn knows it the grandmothers have foreseen it they're ready for an attack Sonic, how do you see ahsoka's plot going in the next episode is she just a vehicle for the action next episode or do you think we get some strong moments between her where she actually lands on the planet and we get to see her discuss with our other characters or see her go face to face with a thrawn 
This is a tough one because I think the situation demands her to prioritize Thrawn. And that is how she really started off this series. She's like, you know, this search is for Thrawn more. And by extension, Ezra, that's kind of how she roped in Sabine. Sabine obviously made the choice that now Hu Yang puts it the only choice for her, right? And now because she's also gone through that development, a remembering of everything that happened to her, just the live or die, all right? The whole message of that, really examining her life, her survivorship, and then appreciating that, I think, has drawn out a different Ahsoka than when Sabine last left her. So I can definitely see when she jumps out, we can almost be shifted towards the action because like we're in a graveyard of Pergil. I'm sure she'll notice that pretty quickly. It'd be so insane. Like as they're, you know, dropping out of hyperspace and we've seen how the hyperspace effect looks a little different for the IO sign. And we've seen how it looks like for the Pergil. Maybe once they're like landing, right? Like we just see like immediately the grandmother's night sister magic just starts like eating up and like desiccating this body and obviously ahsoka's probably gonna be like uh, what's happening who yang we're leaving and then I, I can see maybe that's a great place maybe they even show off some of thron's militia at this point just like some tie fighters um uh, you know a little bit more like the gold and the red all mixed in i'd love to see some even like the night sister stuff wrapped into the tech of the ship even if we haven't necessarily seen it with the isd but i think this is a great opportunity for Ezra to like even though him and Sabine might be like having quieter moments kind of struggling with the choices that she made he can almost sense what's going on with the night sisters the grandmother's plans and actions that what's going on in space around the planet and as Ahsoka's fleeing I'd like to see something almost like similar to when she connected to Vader in that fight I think that'd be incredible to see like he senses her like Ahsoka's here she's alive and like you know, maybe try to call out to her to like, come here. This is where I can like ensure something. I can make some diversion when the canyon or valley with the force, something intense, something force heavy to really showcase like even his growth. And that could be something to just accelerate the story, bring a level of power for him and get our heroes together. And then I think it's more interesting to see them, you know, deal with the ramifications of these last few episodes, even if things are, not conveniently paced for them anymore if that's something that can lead to ahsoka also kind of going back to more of that more strange ethereal mystical storytelling instead of just straight action it'd be a little bit of a left turn but i think it's someone i'd appreciate because i think that even if we do kind of jump the gun again and they have to figure out oh like we're all stranded here how do we get back this is a great place for more active use of the force as opposed to like i'm possibly dead and i need to survive why should i survive further right this could be a great opportunity for ezra and ahsoka and then maybe sabine even to connect to the force clone wars escort the masters are working together and all that to just jump into something like that so action first and then mysticism later that's what i'm thinking yeah i i agree and you know my my head in this tells me ahsoka is a vehicle for the action next episode. But my head also says, I'm pretty sure every single episode of Ahsoka has, has started with something Ahsoka related. So now that we've introduced Thrawn, we could go to these other characters, right? You wanted some type of grounding last episode by starting the episode with Ahsoka. We have all these other characters now spread out. Ahsoka versus Thrawn. I don't really see it 
going too many ways other than she they're trying to get out of here they're prepping the isi and all of that type of stuff like how much fuel did they use do they have maybe some type of magic that they're going to need to revamp the eye of scion for return back through the galaxy i think that could be a plot point thrown in here but ahsoka being a part of that action sequence i think and thrawn completely outclassing her and sabine and ezra and showing his tactical brilliance because right now all the audience knows about him is that he's a scary imperial with a weird army that's unlike anything they've seen before seeing him completely tactically outclass our heroes will allow him to become even scarier so i think ahsoka is a vehicle for that i do think episode eight is probably where we get more reacquainted with the three of them we deal with the problem and the consequences of Sabine's actions with her relationship with Ahsoka. Also Ahsoka and Ezra have seen each other. Like that was one of the last people Ezra saw before he disappeared. He was the only person she saw in the rebels crew until after the finale of rebels. So now there's going to be a bit more of a connection there than even she has with Sabine. How does that play out? I I just, with all these storylines, I just don't really know how much Ahsoka plays a role in this show in this episode in particular unless the fight and the escape for Thrawn from the new galaxy happens relatively quickly in the beginning of the show and then we're left with a decent aftermath so we have another set of characters to go on and that is Balin Skull and Shin Hati so let's move to them they are very sparsely featured in this last episode mostly standing and not really even talking. But the moments we do get them talking, we get a couple more of the Shin and Balin philosophy chats. Like, what are we even doing? What's our mission? What's the difference between us and the Jedi? And Balin lets slip that Thrawn getting to Peridia, that was all a means to an end for him to try to end the cycle of violence and rise and fall of the Jedi and the Sith, the Republic versus the Empire, over and over and over again throughout the history of the galaxy, semi-confirming, you know, Old Republic, Sith Empires, and stuff like that that we could see one day. But a lot of him and his messages hint at some type of attempt to travel back in time, or at least to find a weapon or a way to prevent this from ever stopping again, or defeat Thrawn and Ahsoka in one fell swoop. Senek, how do you think his storyline continues? Do you think it's something that does continue in this show with all these things going on? Or do you think it's something that could be saved for post-show? And do we get a lot of him next episode? Well, the elephant in the room is that, unfortunately, as we mentioned in our reviews and predictions, Ray Stevenson, whatever he's been given, he's been chewing it up. And this is one where... He's added a little bit more tension with his apprentice with this episode, with some of the things he's revealed, talking about his knowledge of Ezra being trained by a Boken Jedi, right? A Jedi raised in the wild in Canaan and all that. Like He, again, has only showed he's very knowledgeable, right? And a big point of like you know connection with Thrawn here is that Thrawn has now had Morgan be like, bring up everything we know about Ahsoka, right? So like you mentioned, Thrawn, he might use his knowledge of Ahsoka to do the Mark Sable, right? The, that maneuver against the Elemen and Heir to the Empire. This being more directly used against her, this would be very pointed. But where we're going with 
Balin is that, you know, he doesn't have to be involved in this. Like, he is gearing up for a confrontation with Shin against Ezra and Sabine. Could that happen in this episode? I think it wouldn't hurt. I don't know if it's something that necessarily demands the story anymore. Like, the story for me now feels like we're taking the New Republic imperial, you know, cult of personality that Thrawn has. They'll make it to this galaxy. And maybe all of our Force users have to be at period, even if they're not necessarily stuck, even if they have a way of getting back. It's like making the hard decision here and seeing that, you know, maybe Sabine makes it back, but Ahsoka and Ezra now have to deal with Balin, what he's trying to discover through the Force. Maybe something about Peridia, some monument, some item, something has been calling to him that seems like it'll enable him, like you said, to change the past and ensuring none of this has ever happened or putting a stop to it and almost becoming like a deity of some sort, right? Having someone, a control of time and space. Maybe Ezra is aware of it too, but maybe he's been kind of staying away from it because it's a little bit more tinged in darkness. Maybe having to do more night sister magic or something. I mean, like a big thing Balin says is like, why are we here? It is the former kingdom of the Datumiri. There's only three grandmothers that we see. Like, are those the survivors? something even greater than them, right? Maybe beyond Parita, maybe starting off at Parita, some connection is leading to an insanely different journey. So even if it's not here at Parita, even if he doesn't finish the story here, it'd be very interesting to see if he continues further in this new galaxy and Ezra and Ahsoka, whoever remains of the heroes, have no choice, right? They want to go back, but they have to chase after. And I can see Ahsoka almost feeling the need to replace Ezra be like, go home, right? This is this is what I'm called to now. I don't have these attachments like you necessarily do because I didn't have that luxury. And having, again, her be a foil to everything that Balin is doing, I think will be magnificent because he's already got the Mortis, Morai, and all of those backings. Having Balin grow into something, sort of succeed that first step of evolution and demand a worthy challenger in Ahsoka. Like, yeah, yeah sure, Ahsoka's coming back after this fight. That'll be shocking to him, but it's not like he hasn't leveled up either. That's that's kind of how I see things going for him with episode seven. And Ahsoka needs her revenge too. We, I mean, as a hero, as the namesake of the show, she has to go up against Balin again, and she has to come out on top at least morally for you know a typical Jedi victory, a moral victory, something that she can say, "I'm better than you," or "I'm a superior." person to you i don't see our heroes in this episode following thrawn out of the new galaxy i do see thrawn leaving but i don't think they'll follow until episode eight but what we get here i think could lead to possibly reluctant team up between them to all escape the galaxy if they're left for dead something uh, a reluctant way to try to use a technology that maybe balin finds maybe a key or access to the world between worlds that allows them to now hop back to the main galaxy. Something like that could trigger a a new way for our heroes to escape after they ultimately are either too late against Thrawn or just flat out defeated by Thrawn. I don't really see a world in which the Balin conflict is just completely dropped because he was our main character for four episodes of this show. And so he has to now wrap up his arc with Ahsoka. And that's why I always felt he was 
possibly going to die anyways in this season because he is the foil for Ahsoka in this season where Thrawn is the foil for the galaxy. I could see that happening as well if they want to push Thrawn's return back another episode. But I just feel like there's an inevitable conflict between Thrawn and Ahsoka because Thrawn's already prepping for her to come out of hyperspace. So that conflict's got to start right off the bat. But I think Balin, he's looking for the past. He says he's looking to go back to the beginning. He wants to find a way to snuff out the origins of the dark side and the light and see what is always causing this eternal struggle. And for him, that's going to be some digging. That's going to be some planning. And ultimately, I think there's something specific he's looking for that may not be on Peridia, but it's got to be nearby. And we talked a lot about Dawn of the Jedi connections. Could there be references to though your could there be references to where the origins of the Jedi were in Dawn of the Jedi, the film, all of those things. Could we get a lot of lore here? It's a possibility, but I do think there needs to be a return to Balin here soon as a prominent piece of the show. Finally, let's talk about the new Republic. New Republic were completely absent from episode six, as we both predicted, because they didn't really have a role in this new galaxy. But if Thrawn goes back to the New Galaxy, there are hanging plot threads for the New Republic side of this story with Hera Syndulla. Her leadership, her command is in question after getting two of her pilots killed after an unsanctioned mission to Setos, leaving two people dead. We have Carson Teva also with some charges of insubordination. When we go back to the New Republic, if we go back to the New Republic next episode, Senek, what do you see kind of being the role of their storyline in episode seven? Still not much more to just kind of show the insecurities, the weaknesses. If we do want to keep it character focused, keep it on Hera and this trial and maybe have Hera kind of be like, we fought for this for so long, but why are we falling into these same traps, these pitfalls of the old Republic of the Empire like this isn't these are people that I have worked with for so long. In some ways, it's fair to question me. Everyone should be on equal footing. Everyone should be judged that way. I have made my mistakes. Do not get me wrong. But there is a greater threat approaching that has drawn Ezra, that has taken Sabine, that has now taken Ahsoka. If we cannot like, you know, support that, what are we as a new republic truly doing? And it'd be a great way to like just have Everyone, like politicians, the average man, ex-rebellion cameos, like a Rex or someone else, to really be like, yeah, what are we doing? It can almost feel like we can have Hera be stripped of command and then maybe do like a resistance sort of thing to like deal with this initial onslaught of Thrawn. And maybe that's where we can get a Zeb appearance. Maybe that's where we can get some significant death or something at the end of the season. Makes me a little scared, but if there is a way to really bring and lend weight to what is happening, what the New Republic's ignoring, it would be through these characters who have always been in a state of rebellion, in a state of hope and trying to improve life compared to like the bureaucracy that has now taken over. So be interesting. It could also just be very heir to the Empire. We just see some task force just absolutely annihilated. A little bit more continuation of whatever he's doing in near around Peridia if he uses Mark Savile maneuver against Ahsoka and whatever forces maybe even tells her that he's going to do that against the New Republic. It'll be, it'll be fascinating, but it'll be minimal. I don't think it's a Jason episode. I think it's a Hera and 
Mon Mothma, if anything. Yeah, I think the focus would completely be on Hera. We have to pick up with that storyline, and I, I do really foresee Episode Eight being the first real conflict between the New Republic and Thrawn, which Thrawn will ultimately win, showing the power of the Empire, showing that there still is an Empire left that could actually defeat them and reclaim the galaxy. This will be that moment. I do think it's going to be one scene, and that's probably it, but it would focus on Hera, Carson. Whether it's a real trial or not, I don't know. It might just be Hera shows back up, and they're like, yeah, sorry, you're out. Could we see our Leia cameo? Yeah. Could we see Mon Mothma? Maybe finally Borskvalia? Probably not, though. Ziono, definitely. I think it's one of those things that is setting up that underground resistance, the early days, that maybe the idea that forms in Leia's head eventually Hera is going to split off into becoming a rebel again. And ultimately, she's going to be proven right. I think it's inevitable she gets stripped of her command. But I, I don't know how much of a role that plays in the next episode. And it very well could just be saved. It all depends on the pacing of Thrawn's plot point and Ahsoka's plot point and how quickly we get back to our galaxy from Peridia. So thank you so much for watching. That was a longer predictions, but we had to cover a ton of things here in this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Make sure you like the video if you enjoyed our conversations. If you would like to come back and watch our last predictions episode, it will be next week, episode eight. Make sure you subscribe for that. We have Ahsoka coverage all week, including the live stream on Tuesday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you're joining us there. We also have a variety of other content going on on our channel in the community tab, new videos, new shorts, live streams, all these things going on on the channel. Make sure you're subscribed. We'll get a ton of great content. Give us your comments down below, your theories for what's going to happen in Ahsoka episode seven. Thank you so much for watching this video. We'll see you all next time.